to live with family and friends, get old, lazy, and fat. Hello and welcome to Lost in Sci-Fi and Fantasy. I'm your host, Leo, and today we are talking about Ghost of Tsushima. Now, I was actually kind of beside myself for a little bit here on whether or not I should do Ghost of Tsushima. Because, one, I already did an episode on Ghost of Tsushima on uh, RPG Hangout. But at the same time, at that time I hadn't finished the game. Um, I also took a really long break... <laughs> Uh, from this podcast, and in the meantime, I platinumed Ghost of Tsushima, so I kind of need to make that worth something. <laughs> so, let's do an episode on Ghost of Tsushima on here. It is a... I, I played it on PS5, because I, I got the director's version, and I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll play it. And I also <laughs> was using uh, RPG Hangout to justify the purchase of it. So, you know, I'm, I'm always about killing as many birds with as few stones as possible, I guess. Um, in this case, it's that I, in the massive break that I took for no real reason, ended up platinuming fucking Ghost of Tsushima, so I needed an excuse to to uh, talk about it. Or I need, I need to justify the time I spent playing it. Most of the time, uh, when it wasn't major story missions, I played it uh, listening to podcasts, because, you know, doing side quests and whatnot, you're not really listening to anything you're not doing anything you're just wandering around a massive open world which can get a little bit tedious sometimes especially when like certain breakpoints kind of are really hard to cross it's annoying anyway <laughs> so the story of ghost of tsushima is an interesting one so it is set around the time of i think the first mongol invasion of japan the game opens up with a massive samurai charge on the beach of Komura Beach. Um, and you are playing as Jin Sakai, son of Lord Sakai and nephew to Lord Shimura. And you go through the charge and it's a, it's a bloodbath. Everyone's getting slaughtered. You almost die. Your horse does die. And you survive. You're pulled off the beach by uh, Yuna, who you find out is a thief and she gets some flack for it, but she ends up teaching you some thief maneuvers because, you know, you can't just charge out there and kill everyone in this state because you're, you're, you'll die <laughs> as shown on the beach. So she saves him. They kind of weasel their way through a town and then you're kind of let out into the open world to do missions. Your first mission is to meet her elsewhere. She eventually agrees to help you on your mission to free your uncle who you discover is being held at uh, castle canada i think so you have to work your way to the castle so you work your way to the castle she assists you you fail hard uh get dropped off of a bridge you survive that and then you uh you continue uh, you find yuna she agrees to help you again with your suicide mission. As long as you help you, her get her brother from this town, he's like a good blacksmith, and the proper way to get in, you're going to need a grapple hook. And he can fashion a grapple hook. So you go save him. He helps fashion the grapple hook. You do a couple of side missions helping um, Lady Moscow. Uh, she is the last of her family. When you find her, her family has been slaughtered. 
every last one of them. Her kids, her grandkids, her brother, her sister, everyone. And her sons and husbands died on the beach. And you help her bury her family and then start one of the, like, four or five major side quests, um, which is helping her solve the mystery of who plotted to murder her family during the invasion. The other one, I'm just going to have to call him Archery Teacher because I can't remember his name right now. His plot is uh, one of his former students uh, has sided with the Mongols and is you have to help him track her down. And the entire time you're learning about her past, his past, and whatnot along the way. So those are the two uh, side quests that bleed into each um, prefecture, each uh, act, while others are kind of relegated to just just one area. But you do those to get them on side to help you storm the castle. Uh, you help them, I guess, a certain amount down their thing before they're, they're actually like, yeah, I'll, I'll be there. Then that's kind of the bare minimum you have to do then you can just kind of move on and uh, do that. Uh, you take the castle, save your uncle, and you yeah, you take the castle, you save your uncle, and then you move on into Act 2, which is a swampy area. It's kind of my least favorite area of the game, but it also has some of the better side quests. Uh, it's where the uh, main Yuna side quests open up. It's where you get the, uh, I think, Nobu side quests. And then... Um, you, of course, continue the, you know, wrecked house and former student side quests as well. So you, you, you work your way through this area. This area's story is kind of minor. There's only, like, three or so things that you have to do. You have to meet up with Lord Shimura to pretty much clear out a base. Then you have to reclaim your armor. And then you have to get a township that... Uh, had to had rebelled against Lord Shimura in the past uh, to join you. You do this, and then you take on Castle Shimura. Uh, one of the quests, though, is to reclaim your armor. And in doing so, Jin asks his former housekeeper, who works with medicines and whatnot, to make him a poison enough to kill a person. She's, you know, not super for it, uh, but goes along with it anyway. Uh, and she, then there's also a side quest involving her that ends very sadly because she dies at the end. It's it's really sad. But anywho, when the attack comes to take Castle Shimura, things don't go super great. See, when you first saved your uncle, he kind of chastises you for using thief techniques. You know, the fact because he'd been told what Jin was doing because he's becoming a bit of a legend going by the ghost. But he, he's, you know, not happy about the fact that he's sneaking around killing all these people. He, he'd rather, he'd, you know, fight with honor. You know, stand and face every enemy that he takes on. And you do, <laughs> for the most part. At least you can. You can sneak around or you can just charge in. Depends on the bonus objectives, really. <laughs> but anywho, you, you go and commit some acts that your uncle is not exactly a fan of. See, you use... you Jin utilizes the poison, poisons um, some people to get their attention, and then jumps them and decapitates the general 
or leader there, which uh, his uncle is not a fan of. It's like, you're using scare tactics. We don't use scare tactics. That's not cool. So you, he's like, you can, you pretty much say, yeah, sorry. And whatnot and continue the attack. And the charge on the bridge is a massive failure, killing a ton of people. And Jin says, we could have prevented this. We could have, like, if we had held back and you know, thought of a plan or something, we could have prevented that. And his uncle's like, yeah, but no, we're going to rebuild the bridge and do it again. And Jin's like, no, I'm, I'm going to sneak into the camp and poison them. And his uncle's like, don't. And Jin's like, I'm going to do it anyway and leaves. Uh, <laughs> and that's what you do next. You sneak into Castle Shimura and you poison everyone. And you find that the uh, main bad guy, I can't remember his name, but he, he left and your friend who betrayed you, who, who was one of the requirements for the first chapter, I, I, he's kind of a minor part of it because uh, you kill him at the end of chapter two and you move on with your life. <laughs> uh, you get exiled for uh, having used poison. Your uncle tries to salvage it because he's trying to adopt you. Uh, he tries to salvage it and he's like, you know, we, we can blame it on Yuna. She'll be killed. It's whatever. Uh, but you'll be fine. We, we can blame it on her. And you say, no, I'm the ghost. And then you leave. Well, actually you're arrested and then you have to escape at the beginning of the next chapter. And yeah, so then you become an exile. You're not able to fast travel for, for all of like a mission or two. Uh, and then you find out that the poison that you made has somehow been uh figured out by the mongols it's not explained how they found out or anything it it just happens for some reason so yeah so that happens and now you have to deal with uh all of the archers in the third area have poison arrows it's annoying but you kind of are able to shake it off you just pat yourself and heal with your resolve and you're fine but yeah so the third arc or third act the third act involves you meeting up with some uh hunters quote unquote to assist in clearing a stronghold that is a passage to the uh, act two area so that you can get your friends in in there with you to you know stage the final battle you do that do that stage that final battle you find out that the leader of the hunters used to have a thing with yuna and still kind of wants to have a thing with Yuna from the sounds of it. But the way you get him on side is by letting them stay there uh, in the meantime uh, throughout winter because, you know, they're hunters and whatnot and it's, it's cold. So you, you're like, hey, you can stay here for the winter. The guy's not using it. As long as you're out by spring, it'll be fine. But he also finds out that they're, they're bandits. So he, he makes it clear that he doesn't want them. He doesn't want them, you know, troubling people. And that's the last you hear of them. There's literally nothing else that happens with them. So I guess we assume that everything's fine. Because they pretty much just stay there. They don't participate in the final battle or anything. They, they just kind of hang out there. <laughs> They're just there. You have to assist in like getting stuff prepared. Yuna's brother dies. Because Yuna's you know, getting ready to leave and whatnot. But then he dies in Act 2 actually. Now that I think about it, <laughs> he dies in Act Two, um, and it, it's it's not great. Uh, so she stays on, and uh, she she helps you plan out the stuff. You scout out the Bay Area that uh, the Khan's staying at. Uh, you kind of prepare your final things, and then you push through and 
kill the Kong. Uh, it's a it's a nice big epic battle with a ton of you know set pieces and whatnot. It, it's pretty cool. Uh, you fight the Kong. If you fully leveled up, it's it's not too hard. And then after that, there there is a mission beforehand where you have to sneak into Castle Shimura and deliver your uncle a message, letting him know that you are going to attack during the storm and whatnot to just pretty much slightly let him know like, Hey, you know, if you just so happen to attack too, that would be kind of cool. Uh, and there's like this whole thing of like, Oh, you snuck in and left before he noticed kind of thing. Um, it's cute. He does show up during the final battle. Not when he, you know, at the beginning of the battle, but a bit of the way through. And afterwards, after you've defeated the Khan, uh, your uncle messages leaves a message for you saying to meet you back at your family home to have a discussion. So you meet him there. It's nice and dramatic and whatnot. And he pretty much says, I have to kill you. The Shogun needs someone and you are that someone to blame. And my, the price of, like, my, my punishment is having to kill you. Like, your punishment is death, but my punishment is having to kill you. Because he, he, as an uncle, he does genuinely care for his nephew. And, like, at, at the beginning of the game, you kind of feel like, oh, maybe something's a bit shifty. Maybe he will end up teaming up with the Khan and whatnot. Maybe he'll betray you in the end. And he kind of does. <laughs> but not in the way that you expect, you know? It's more of a betrayal through disappointment kind of thing. Um, but you you then duel him as the final duel. And you're kind of given a choice at the end of the game to either kill him or spare him. If you kill him, uh, you're pretty much, you know, Following your uncle's final wish, he asks you directly to kill him after you defeat him in battle. Um, and the the ending doesn't really change, depending on who you kill or how. So, it doesn't really matter. It just changes the color your armor gets dyed, and um, it changes... Oh, what does it change? The house you get. But from what I can tell, both houses are fucking disheveled, and the armors are either red or white. But I felt, you know, since Jin cares for his uncle, he would, you know, give his uncle what he wished. You know, his final thing, a bit of honor, in the form of death. Yeah, you know. But yeah, so that's how I did it. The story is not bad. It goes on a bit long, but if you're just beelining the critical path, it probably won't take you that long at all. It's only like 24 missions long, so it, w it won't take you anything to, to really do that. Um, it's just sitting through some of the cutscenes that can be a bit long at times. Uh, um, as for the major side quests, the of course the, the two side quests that are with you from the beginning uh, are full of twists and turns and kind of just kind of fanning about for a bit. Uh, in in Lady Masako's um, 
storyline, you are following her as she pretty much determines who tried to kill her family, or technically did kill her family. Uh, and it's obvious it's not Mongols, it's someone who is like a rival samurai clan. And each person that you follow to their kind of thing is someone that her family wronged in some way. Uh, one person is someone who worked for them but had to be let go. Uh, she let them go. Uh, and he joined the plot because you know he ended up destitute or whatnot. Even though he seemed like he was doing fine. Like he he was um he was let go because he was like abusing his wife and um and his wife ended up going back to him. Uh the Mongols attack him at his little fishing hut. Uh he kills his wife and daughter, uh, and Scarpers and is then killed by uh, Lady Masako. But the theme between most of them is that her family let them go. She felt that she was helping them because a lot of the other choices were, you know, them being arrested or killed or whatnot because they technically had wronged the family and her husband um, was seemingly not a very forgiving guy. So she decided to let them go but they you know found some hardship and didn't see you know it as i guess wrong so they decided to join a plot against her uh the penultimate one is actually her secret lover uh who they had taken in uh and she i guess had been stealing things and was going to get flogged for it. So she had to like let her go. And but you know, she's the like only one of the conspirators that doesn't get killed. You don't know at all what happens to her down the line or anything, but as far as I can tell, she's the only one that doesn't get absolutely murdered. Uh But yeah. So it's found out that the person who was plotted against her was none other than her own sister, who faked her death in uh, in her uh, in her house somehow. Uh, she killed a person, put them in her clothes, and like messed up her face so that um, you know she could fake her death. Then she plotted against them. When she found out that, uh, when she found out that uh, Lady Masako had survived um, the plot, she had to escape and fake her death. But yeah, so it, and then she tries to cover her track. So what she was trying to do was one, get revenge on her sister, uh, and two, kind of form her own kind of clan. So she wanted revenge on her sister because her sister. Well, again, she thought she was helping, ended up putting her in a very terrible situation. Uh, so, her sister was being looked, she was older, and she was to kind of marry a samurai, because she was the oldest 
and that was kind of what was expected. But uh, Lady Masako had taken up the sword and helped defend her family alongside another, a samurai who came in and had eyes for her. Uh, so it was, they ended up getting married. And her sister, Hana, saw this as like a betrayal because, you know, she skipped the line and whatnot. But to try to, you know, keep things cordial, uh, Lady Masako set her up with like this, I think, wealthy trader and whatnot to try to give her some kind of status and sent her up north. Uh, and she, she is miserable because for some reason in the game, it's depict the North is depicted as like perpetually frozen. I, I was taking it as like each section is like a season, like the end of summer or to like, uh, early fall. Then the second area is like deep fall. And then the last area is winter. Cause it, the timeline of the game is not strictly, uh, told, <laughs> You don't know exactly how long things are taking in between. Excuse me. But you don't know how long things are taking in between uh, set pieces. So it could be months. And so it, it it's a big question of like that. And then there's also the fact that if you look at where Tsushima is, it, it wouldn't be that snowy. Like, it might get some snow, but it probably wouldn't get that much snow. To the point where, like, you're freezing to death going up one of the mountains. But that's just, you know, one of the side quests. But anyway, she was sent up north and was having an absolute shit time of it. Because not only was the north not great in temper, uh, temperament, temperature, uh, weather... Uh, her husband was an alcoholic abusive who was just shit all around. So she decided to seek revenge uh, and carried out the plot. So there's that. Uh, and then in, I guess, Misako's act of mercy, question mark, instead of killing her, she gives her a knife to kill herself. And then that that was that. That that was that plot. Uh, the layout of the side quests for her plot is an interesting one. Because you're given the first few. And then it's supposed to kind of like jump to act two. But one of them you only actually find by stumbling across it. Like you literally have to like stumble across it. It's the uh, recovery mission in act one it's a mission in which you help her comb Komeda beach to try to find her sons she's a, she was able to find her husband and confirm his death but she had yet to find her sons so you help her comb the beach you find the sons they've been strung up uh you find a nearby lighthouse where she wants to bury them uh it's occupied by Mongols, you kill them, and then help her put her sons to rest. That's about that. <laughs> you know, there is a, a bit where, as you're going through her story, she's getting more and more consumed by the idea of revenge. You try to be calm, of course, but uh, technically the whole point of your storyline is that you are also consumed by revenge. 
<laughs> but you follow her and a bunch of people are trying to tell her like you're going too far in fact there's a monk who technically was part of the conspiracy he wasn't on the list um but he he was given a letter and he knows who had uh, who who did it so oh who had approached him for information and so she tries to kill him but all she had to do was ask him for information so you end up finding her beating her then you and her together fight off some mongols and then or some conspirators or whoever then you hunt down the monk and he tells you know who it who it was so she's able to kind of calm her her revenge boner for a bit uh but yeah so her her story is probably one of the better ones it, it gets a little bit tedious like trying to you know remember her plot line especially since i did sit uh set down the game for a good chunk of time but overall her her side story is great the uh the archery teachers though his gets a little bit annoying in part because the voice doesn't fully match the character he sounds a lot younger than the character is um but that aside you come across him uh, also having been attacked and you just kind of follow him as he, he teaches you archery and whatnot it begins as him taking you on as a student but then as you're you know going through learning things you discover wait a second like these archers are using uh like japanese techniques and japanese bows and Jack japanese arrows and whatnot and then you find out oh his students helping them and whatnot so then the rest of his mission becomes hunting her down and you find out along the way that he took her in she was a bit scruffy and whatnot turns out she was a thief turns out she was a notorious thief uh he was going to adopt her she was taking to the lessons well but she was mostly using them for violence and whatnot and he didn't want that kind of thing but she like you end up meeting her near the end of act two and she's fine she warns you that he's gonna probably turn against you because he turned he supposedly had the uh luke in the last jedi moment twice so there's a famous archer like he he was part of a samurai clan and whatnot and he taught supposedly this famous guy who uh, he he ended up having to kill because he's he went a bit mad with power um and the idiot told this to her you know just to let her know like hey you know i did this thing and she doesn't take it well you know so then he turns around and is trying to kill her so she becomes like super paranoid that like he's gonna try to kill her because he he ends up thinking that in act three you end up coming across her and helping her uh 
you know, check her traps and everything. She, turns out the Mongols have betrayed her and kicked her to the curb. She was only doing it because she had to. It was her only way of surviving, was providing a skill. <clears throat> Otherwise, terrible things probably would have befell her. But she wants to get revenge. She wants to take them down. So she asks Jin and the archery teacher to help her. And they do. Of course, the archery teacher's, you know, on edge the entire time. Uh, thinking that she's going to betray them. And every little bump that they come across is a, a potential betrayal kind of thing. But in the end, we help her take out the rest of the archers. And she kind of goes missing. Turns out she went to the dock because she had paid for a ship. And you meet her there. Or, well, you don't really meet her. You catch her as the boat's leaving. Uh, like she's on the boat and it's out there. Uh, the teacher is getting ready to shoot her. And decide. And you stop him and like point to the broken mask. Because she had like this really cool like fox mask and whatnot. Um. He points to the broken mask, broken bow, and a letter. And she pretty much states that, you know, she's going to put the way of the bow behind her. She's just, she's going to try to go for a fresh life on the mainland. Uh, and while she could have been his daughter, it's probably best that she isn't. Which kind of ends up sort of mirroring Jin's story and whatnot in that, uh, you know, his uncle wanted to adopt him, but in the end couldn't because uh, they have different values. And also, uh, the Shogun wants his nephew uh, dead now. You know, the way it is. <laughs> but the... Um, but that's that one. That one's okay. There's a constant, like, tension... The entire time of will he actually betray us? Because it, it's like trying to heavily flag that he probably will. And the fact that, you know, if you play through all of uh, Lady Masako's story first, you know, she does kind of betray you. So I was like, oh, you know, there's going to be a pattern. You know, you fight both of them <laughs> at some point. Like her first, then him kind of thing. But no, you don't fight him. He just kind of goes benignly along with your... Uh, plan and complains the entire time but that's about it so it's overall not too bad um then there's this the shorter ones uh nobu's story is uh you you come across him having like been kidnapped by uh mongols and you you save him and whatnot and help him like try try to save the monks and whatnot. Um, you try to save his friend. His friend uh, ends up is like a massive pacifist, which I mean he's a monk, so it makes sense. While Nobu's a, a warrior monk who is constantly talking about his brother, who while they were imprisoned together, um, <clears throat> you know. Uh, you know, likely died and whatnot. So he was able to escape, but, you know, his brother wasn't. Uh, the, his This friend ends up 
sacrificing himself to save Nobu. Um, but uh, it, you know, he ends up dying while trying to save this small little uh, town. And uh, then you help him save a temple, get its things back. Then you, well, you save the temple. Then you help get the stuff back. Then you help defend the temple again. Then uh, you uh, end up helping him track down the guy who, who kind of has been targeting them. And it turns out that that guy actually had held his brother captive, uh, had amputated both of his arms and legs, and he he was the one providing the information to the Mongols, um, you know, because he was being tortured the entire time. Uh, Nobu uh, mercifully puts his you know puts his brother out of his misery. Uh, and then goes on a, a revenge rampage. Uh, and then afterwards, he just kind of chill. Like, he kills the guy that did it. And then he... He just... He's there. Like, he's, he's like, I'm not going to be a monk anymore. But then Jin talks him into staying as a monk. Even though a lot of the monks saw him do it. Like, he went to town. He pretty much burned that place to the ground... And just slaughtered everyone in his wake. Like, it, it was messed up. And like he set the guy ablaze while still alive. And watched him burn to death. So, you know, a bit hardcore. But he... You know, you, you take back the temples and whatnot. Uh, and, you know, he, he decides to... You know, become the head of the, the cedar temple. I guess. <laughs> At least the Jin encourages him to, which is a bit odd, but you know, friends are willing to look past some things, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, that's no. Then there's a really short one with Yuna, in which you learn that uh, she was likely she and her brother were likely sexually assaulted, sold into slavery, um, escaped from slavery. Uh, and now we're seeking revenge against the slavers who are helping the Mongols. And you do go through and, you know, slaughter them. Uh, and those, those ones are for pure scare tactics. Like, you have to go through those missions, kill the people, um, take their heads, and then place them outside without getting noticed by guards or and whatnot. It, it's an interesting mission. Uh, but you do that. You learn her backstory, and then you kind of learn why this lady was kind of mad with Yuna, because she was also in the uh, in the slavers' camp with them. They were all going to escape together, but she kind of got left behind, and was thus mad at them. There's also a weird moment where, like, the guy, the like leader guy, comes back and like stabs her. I guess. At least that's what's implied. It's implied that, you know, we're gonna, you know, avenge her. After you kill the leader guy, she, like, hobbles up and is like, okay, cool. And then leaves. <laughs> it, it's really weird. And then the final 
uh, small side quest thing is with your caretaker. Um, she is taking you around looking at the, um, the graveyards. She wants to tend the graveyards. She helps you, uh, form a poison that causes confusion and pretty much is like a berserk one. So it makes them attack each other instead of, uh, you, but you help, she helps you craft that. And then she wants you to go around with her checking the graveyards. And it culminates in the kind of revelation that his dad almost certainly had an affair with her. Uh, or at least sought her comfort when uh, his mother died. And, you know, that kind of revelation, she's kind of, you know, losing it as, you know, she's at quite an advanced age, especially for the time period. Um, and she's kind of slipping in and out of, you know, present and past, because she keeps confusing Jin for his father. And she, you know, has you describe what you see, and then she kind of passes away. And you bury her. It's a, it's a very short, sweet, and sad story, but... You know, it's, it's nice. Anyway, <laughs> so that's kind of the overall arcing plots of the story. There is also, uh, you do some stuff with Kenji, and it's just his plans keep failing and whatnot. But it doesn't really amount to anything. Anyway, it's a really good game. It can drag on a bit. It feels like it's th at least three different samurai movie packed into one. Which I get it's a video game, but it's hard to focus on one plot when in the back of your mind are at least two other plots going on at the same time. Like even like in Act One, when you finish it, you're reminded by um the archer teacher and Lady Masako that hey, guess what? Uh there's there's more missions to do ahead and they slightly chastise you for like not really completing their side quests kind of i don't know what happens if you complete uh castle canada um having finished all of their side quests in act one i, I don't know if they they kind of slightly say the same line but it feels like they slightly chastise you for not really having finished it so you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah I do highly recommend it it's a bit late to recommend it because I mean, it's ages now uh, but it is it is a really good game it's beautiful it's very fun there's some gripes I have like the bird uh, if you're wandering around a golden bird will appear and kind of guide you to a thing uh, be it uh, an onsen or a fox den or, you know, a bamboo thing. It leads you to, like, collectibles. It goes in, like, I guess you could say a bird's eye view or a beeline. It goes directly. And sometimes it leads you nowhere. Like, there's been at least ten times where I follow the stupid bird, it lands on a porch, and then fucks off. Like, <laughs> it's annoying. But... There's also been many times where it, you're following it at full clip, 
and whatnot, and then you just go off of a cliff because it led you over a cliff. It It's not great. <laughs> then there's also, because the whole thing is kind of like minimal UI, the way that you kind of GPS your way around is through wind. Like you set a marker, and I think it's the winds of destiny will point you in the right direction. And you can... You'll have to. You'll be constantly swiping up on the middle pad because you need to keep the winds going because sometimes they shift. If you like slightly overshoot it, the winds will shift and like it'll circle around. It, it's a bit annoying. <laughs> then there's something that I didn't notice until I was like halfway through the game, and it's that uh, key characters like if the winds are pointing you towards a character or like sometimes a specific thing, uh, it'll just have like leaves twirling around them in a little tornado it, it's cute but weird slightly immersion breaking for a game that's going for so such immersion i could <laughs> but you know it, it's fun the emotional death of your horse is kind of undercut i guess you could say so in at the beginning of act three uh your horse gets shot by arrows uh, from the samurai and you push your horse you know through the night and whatnot it survives but it eventually dies and of course, when you first get the horse, you name it. I named mine Sora, uh, because Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> and, you know, it was a nice sturdy horse the entire time. It was nice. And it was it was kind of sad when the horse died. But then, like, ten minutes later, you're given unnamed horse. And when you summon it, it's you just say, horse. And then there's a later mission in which uh, Yuna's like, well, it's about time you got a proper horse. So pick from these. And... <laughs> It's very awkward because, like, I went to select a horse and the game prompted me. was like, are you sure you want white horse when there's the deluxe edition horse? And I was like, I have the deluxe edition? I guess. Okay. So I, I canceled out and, like, went over. I was like, which? how do I tell which one's the fucking deluxe edition horse? And I look at the horse and it has, like, a little sparkly symbol above it. I'm like, ah, that's the deluxe edition horse. And I, I select the horse. And I, I seriously do not know what the difference between the horses was. Except for maybe it had different name. I, I I don't know. It it was very confusing. The deluxe edition horse. But that horse I named Kaze for wind. Because I couldn't name it anything else. Well, I could have. But none of them were quite as good as Kaze. I, I, named, I picked that horse instead of the white one. And so I, I, I'm like, okay, cool. Now I have a new horse. Kind of, you know, scrubs Sora. You know, the horse that I had for two acts of the game. And kind of spits in his face. But whatever. And funnily enough, so in Act 2, you're given access to the DLC island, uh, Iki Island. And you, you can do it then, because technically you're high enough level. But I, I didn't get around to it until the end of the game. But you're kind of supposed to do it at the end of the game, because Jin mentions that the Khan is dead. And that, you know, the Mongol invasion's, you know, pointless now. Uh, but at the beginning of that, there's like this emotional thing where, like, Kaze has, is like drowning and whatnot. And you, you land on the island without him. And there's a whole, the first mission you do is a mission to, like, find your horse. You have to find your horse, get your horse back, and whatnot. And you're, like, tracking down your horse. It, it's interesting. But technically, you could do it before then, and there might be different dialogue. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure. I didn't finish Iki Island, full disclosure. So, like, I platinumed the game, but I didn't finish Iki Island. Because... It was doing the thing I don't like. It's like my. It's, it felt like it was like the least favorite part of like a lot of games from the like mid two thousand tens, where like every game was doing the Far Cry thing, where like you have to go through a drugged section. 
you know, Far Cry 3, Far Cry 4 did it. You know, the, the, the missions where you have to be drugged. And they were like, ah, shit, we didn't put this in the main game. Uh, let's just make the whole DLC that. So the entire time you're drugged, and I, I just had the feeling that the entire time it would be you would be walking in hallucinations and whatnot. And I was like, I, I don't want to deal with this for a whole DLC. It might not be that long, but I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Plus, there there's like a new mini game that you have to like tilt the controller and whatnot to like keep the flute in pitch as you play the flute which is a little bit annoying i was like i, I don't want to deal with that i i had just beelined the like mainlined the game for the past like 40 hours i'm good i'm good i, I got the platinum i'm happy so that's kind of my my thing i'm i'm done with it it's good will i go back to it uh probably not i think there is like on one of the like update things for like the director's cut or whatnot i think there is like a speed run trophy or something like that and i don't I, I might go back for i might see what happens if you do like none of the side quests who knows but yeah i i think i'm i'm good on ghost of tsushima for now i, I have a lot more games to play like death stranding especially now that death stranding 2 is coming out uh the witcher 3 since that new update came out I downloaded um, fucking Cyberpunk 2077 to see if that's still a complete and utter mess. Who knows? <laughs> All things that I'm going to dip into to see what's happening. Uh, but yeah, like, it, it it's a good game. I definitely highly recommend it. it it's kind of quintessential, like, PlayStation now. And also, it's getting a TV series. It's either getting a TV series or a movie. And I think it would heavily benefit from that. Because it is really good. It's so good that the American developers of the game, uh, I believe, have been given honorary citizenship on the island of Tsushima. So, like, the the island of Tsushima was like, hell yeah, this great, this game is fucking fantastic, awesome. Like, almost no one talks about us. So nice. Which, hey, okay, it's a beautiful game. It's very fun. Uh, it's a game that's fairly easy to get stuck into. The combat's, like, nice. It has a nice, um, like, whole revolves around a parry mechanic which is really cool you learn different techniques as it goes through the game starts off extremely picky i guess you could say about what stance you're in uh when fighting specific enemies like it goes from not too picky because you only have one stance but as you unlock stances uh the game kind of gets a bit more picky but once you have them all unlocked it just it just kind of like throws its hands up in the air and says fuck it kill kill them with whatever you have <laughs> just stab the people Anyway, let's go ahead and move on uh, to wrapping it up. That, that's it for this episode. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Next week will be Blade of the Immortal to kind of... We're, we're doing like a, a little samurai duology. <laughs> I'll probably end up doing a lot more samurai movies down the line because I have a lot to to watch, like um, the original 47 Ronin, The Seven Samurai. All of these things are available for me to watch that I want to watch. But I'll probably do more samurai stuff like in the future. But right now... Next episode is Blade of the Immortal, and then we'll see where I'll be going from there. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. I will talk to you guys later. Goodbye.